Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, the losing streak has reached five games. The Senators lose 4-3, give up four unanswered in their loss last night in regulation in Arizona. And we get some insight from someone that's been following along with the Sens on this road trip. It's our good pal John Abbott from TSN. He talks about the road trip, the coaching change, and more. That road trip wraps up tomorrow in Denver. It's the first official practice under Jacques Martin. But was it even on the ice? We'll get into all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 942 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Make sure you hit the notification bell as well, because all of our episodes do premiere on YouTube. We also go live after every Ottawa Senators game in the postcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Today is Wednesday, December 20th in Pilsy. You've had 12 hours more or less to digest that embarrassing loss in phoenix what were your thoughts now after some rest ross i still can't believe it and i know that might be the worst part about all this is someone that's covered the ottawa senators for this long in this era that i couldn't believe that they blew this game but i really thought the new coach bump it seems to work for every single other team in hockey not even just hockey basketball football baseball whatever you want you get that new coach in there usually you get the w the first game of but the Ottawa Senators, in true Ottawa Senators fashion, allow four unanswered goals and lose this game 4-3 in regulation. No loser point, of course. The only team in the NHL that has not been to overtime in North America so far this season. They just can't get there. So it's not like you can even say, hey, they're getting to overtime, but they're winning those games. Sometimes, fourth game on a five-game road trip, just hang on. I know three-goal lead, worst lead in hockey. I can I can already hear my minor hockey league coaches saying that over and over again. But really, when they've had as much success on the other team's starting goalie, and I know in two cases it's been injuries, but last night they got Connor Ingram, who has been playing phenomenal hockey. Yep. They gave him the hook, three goals on six shots, and then no more offense from there. The Senators really, to me, just showing they're a fragile team. They showed that, and sure, if you want to complain about the refs, we don't do that on this show. Credit to us. But that was probably a boarding call on Vladimir Tarasenko that was missed. Yep. It almost it almost gave me vibes of Alfie hitting Tucker and then going to the net and scoring. I almost got those vibes. But still, you have to be able to stand firm. Bad things are going to happen over the course of a game. 
It's how you respond to them. And the Senators have no response and no pushback. They turn over and let their opponent just rub their belly after they get one. They're like, oh, good job. You got one. Why don't you get another? So I think that's something that needs to be focused on right now, Pilsy. And uh, it's not going to get any easier. We talk about it with John Abbott, but they're playing a pissed off Colorado Avalanche team tomorrow night where the standard is up there. The standard is very high in the mile Avalanche. High. No, mile high. Yeah. The altitude tomorrow is that? No, no excuses. No excuses. Uh, Pilsy, some uh, notes from practice today. Jacques Martin, not actually on the ice. We're recording this while the Senators are still skating. TSN 1200 doing a good job of posting video and captioning about what's going on. Uh, Alfie running some of the drills at practice. Jack Capuano as well. But what are your thoughts, Jacques Martin, up in the stands with Steve Steos? I mean, Ross, I'm I'm thinking and hoping it's as simple as he didn't bring his skates on this road trip. Like, he probably was not prepared for this. And I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see how a 71-year-old Jacques Martin is going to kind of run things uh, practice-wise. Uh, I'll be interested to see how kind of engaged he is if he is out there on the ice and uh, what that's going to look like. What were the stories about Ken Hitchcock? Didn't he bring a chair out at center ice and he'd just sit in a chair? And just yell and chirp at guys, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Jacques Martin, I do like that him and Steos are having a conversation. Yep. Now Jacques seen a different perspective of this team, how they react to certain situations on the bench. Much is being made about a couple situations. The Alfie teaching moment with Tim Stutzla to a lesser extent. And also the fact that uh, Mark Kaslik just didn't finish his check and he heard about it from Daniel Alfredson when he got back there. Another thing that uh, we got made mention of on Twitter, Ethan told us uh, in the DMs, Good Sense Central Citizen, Ethan uh, Vandenbosch, he mentioned that he didn't notice any iPads on the bench for the first two periods. So uh, we've got John Abbott on the case for that. So I'll leave it to him. Great episode coming up about half hour with John Abbott. For more on last night's game, I think you just head over to the postcast. You and Martian broke it down great there. Make sure you download, subscribe, and leave a review. Those reviews do go a long way to helping the show grow, whether they're on Spotify, Apple, or just leaving a comment on YouTube. We really do appreciate that. So, um, Pilsy, anything else you want to get to from practice? The lines were the exact same. I guess it's kind of you don't want to switch too much at the same time. But my goodness, to me, Travis Hamannick would be on his way out after uh, literally scoring on his own net with three minutes left to lose the game. Yeah, Ross, that would be the one thing I would look at here. I thought maybe Jacques Martin would come in and have a bit of a, a statement and sitting down a, a well-liked veteran like uh, Travis Hamnick, I think would have been a good way to send an initial initial message that what happened last night was not acceptable because, uh, I don't know, maybe Jacques Martin hasn't seen the seven different replays and camera angles that we've seen of that Travis Hamnick incident, but... For the life of me, I can't figure out what was going on in his brain when he did that. So that's one where I would sit him down and uh, at least say we're gonna we're gonna go with someone different for one night at the very least. I would have liked to see Jacob Larson maybe slot in there, but it's it's gonna be interesting to see the uh, the more long term effect. Obviously, they've got these two games before the Christmas break on the road at Colorado and then home to play Pittsburgh on Saturday. But right now they're practicing short shifts. And long changes, which are two details of the game. The types of details you hear us talking about time and time again. Well, that's what they look like in practice. Short shifts, good line changes, making the right play at the right time. So it's going to take some time, but when you're up 3 nothing, it goes back to no excuses. You just have to find a way to win the game. The Senators have not found ways. They've lost five in a row. It's getting ugly. 
right now. But there is hope on the horizon in terms of what Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson can implement. We'll get into the vibe around the Senators with John Abbott from TSN coming up next. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, Sleeper is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On Podcast Network and, of course, the daily fantasy hockey app of the Locked On Senators Podcast. If you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. And it's not just hockey. You can get football, basketball, college football, and more. And with Sleeper, let me tell you again, a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contents. What I love about Sleeper is they've got a great app. They've got group chats where you can talk smack to your buddies. Let them know you got a big lineup coming up ahead with studs like Brady Kachuk, Claude Drew, Jake Sanson, Drake Batson. You all, you know all the stars. All you have to do is pick more or less on the stats for these stars to hit. I'm talking goals, assists, save, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sens fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details available only to our friends in the U.S. for now. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace, the only place to go when you're hungry. In Ottawa, it started out with one location on Rideau Street, and now they've got seven stores all across the nation's capital. And oh, yeah, they're also available on Uber Eats. So you can stay in your pajamas, stay in bed, stay wherever you need to be. And Uber Eats will bring Shawarma Palace right to your door. Abbas and his team at Shawarma Palace focus on two things, quality and quantity. They never let anyone go hungry who walks through those doors, whether you're getting a delicious sandwich or you're focused on the platter, which to me, it's two meals. But have your say, whether it's one or two. What I can tell you is that everything in it is fresh, it's tasty, it's delicious, and you're also supporting huge Sens fans at Shawarma Palace. So whether you're on Bank Street at Hunt Club in Orleans or even at the Carleton University campus, you can get your hands on Shawarma Palace. So go eat like a royal today. I'm telling you, go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, we now welcome back to the show one of our good friends. It's John Abbott. You hear him calling Sens games on TSN. He's been on this entire road trip, which... Hasn't been too eventful, has it, John? <laughs> oh, just a few things going on. Yep, it's uh, the last 24, 48 hours have been interesting, that's for sure. So my, my main question here, because you also did the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes game at home before going out. Like, are you feeling like you're an NHL player at this point? Because you're on the day on, day off schedule. You're traveling, you're doing all these things. It's a bit of a grind, no? Oh, it's fantastic. Vic, this is my this is my dream. I love this. Uh, I have Gordon Miller to thank because he, uh, with his world junior duties, going over to Sweden, opened up a nice little window of games. And anytime I can get a string together is just uh, just wonderful. As you know, you know, it makes a difference getting in a little bit of a groove. And so from my perspective, uh, it's been a nice run to be on to be able to get in the booth and call games. And uh, you know what? Couldn't have expected the way it turned out with the results. And a coach firing along the way, but uh, sometimes that's the way it goes through the course of a, a, a tough NHL season. It's been that so far for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the losses are uh, tough as they pile up, but 
As far as a road trip, this is a pretty sweet road trip uh, you get to enjoy. Vegas, Arizona, Colorado. Uh, are, are you able to, uh, even with the tight schedule, in, enjoy these spots that you're stopped at? Uh, well, Vegas was my first trip in ever, guys. And you can... Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, like not even to the rink, but just in Vegas um, altogether. So that was a, you know eye-popping experience. And yeah. uh, Got to ride Noodle's coattails a little bit and uh, get, that, got thrown around yeah. by our crew. So nothing crazy. We kept it all professional. But, uh, you know, for anyone that's rolled in there for their first time, it's just an overwhelming sensory experience, right? Uh, yeah. So did a lot of walking around, a lot of people watching, and uh, had a great time in Vegas. And then getting in that rink for the first time. It's the only rink I hadn't been into, the only rink I hadn't yeah. called a game in. And, you know, that's, a, that's an experience in itself. It's uh, part show, part uh, fan experience anytime you walk in there. And to see that live was fantastic. So that was, you know, an enjoyable experience away from actually calling the games and the game content itself. Um, but, you know, we're, we're pretty – we're commercial travelers. So we've had, a you know, two or three 4 a.m. wake-ups. Um, you know, that's part of the job. So uh, as soon as you get into the rank, that's the best part for me. You know, that's, that's what makes my day. So how about the juxtaposition going from T-Mobile Arena to Mullet Arena on back-to-back games? What's the difference for you calling the game in those stadiums? Because I've been to Mullet Arena, and there's nothing above the lower bowl. So you're right in the crowd, aren't you? Yeah, we're pretty darn close. Um, it, it's it's almost a flashback for me to my American Hockey League days where some of the, the buildings, you're, you're right in there. I guess the closest would have been in the National Hockey League for a while was Brooklyn. Um, that was another one that wasn't really set up for hockey. I think all of us knew that. Uh, the former home of the Islanders. Uh, it was a basketball venue that was, you know, taking a square peg, putting it around hole for hockey. And we were on the concourse there. We we're actually at the top of like the lower bowl where the steps finished is where we were. And, you know, depending on what kind of mood the Islanders fans were in, you know, it was, there's a couple of times you look over like, okay, am I going to get hit with a beer here today or what? But, uh, <laughs> Aside from that rink that's non-existent anymore for hockey, this is the closest you get. I mean, it's uh, you're watching out for pucks jumping over the glass, the T-shirt cannon. Um, so it's a really – I think it's the most unique venue in the league inside and out because you're on a university campus. Yeah. Uh, you have all of the other sporting landscapes, you know, nestled into this. The university team shares the facilities with the NHL team, and then you have the intimacy of, you know, basically like a junior rink only – with an NHL product. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an intriguing stop. I always think it's so cool for the visiting teams, yep. but if you played their 41 games a year, probably the shine wears off at some point. Yeah. Is, is that one of those arenas though, for, for you commentating on the game? You're like, this is great. I can see everything. Like how much difference is it going from T-Mobile to Mullet arena? As far as a broadcaster goes, like it's gotta be two different worlds. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, T-Mobile certainly is the grander of the two stages and more the traditional, typical type of setup. I thought the sight lines were pretty good in T-Mobile, though. Okay. Um, you know, so far, I would say that the probably most challenging in the league for me was at is Edmonton. Uh, it just the way the shape of the arena, kind of the the banking where the press box is and how high you high up you are as broadcasters as commentators, it can make it challenging. Um, from that standpoint so yeah you wear that down and and t-mobile to mullet arena huge difference in proximity and angles and sight lines and uh it gives you that feel of being kind of engaged right in the game almost because yep. you see how quick things move and at, at mullet arena and everything's right up close and in your face and 
99.9% of the time, it's great. But that goal that goes in off a of hammock, couldn't see it. Because just the way our really? angle was and, and we're not up high enough, the bodies in, to the side of the net block what's happening wow. on that far side of the ice. So we knew Kessel Rain shot it. We knew it kind of plinkoed around. But I had no idea until the replay that it actually went off a of hammock. So that's the odd exception. So are you looking, do you have a monitor beside you that it's on like a five second delay type thing? Or how are you, are you just waiting for the, the Jumbotron to show it again? Uh, some of both. We don't have any monitors on delay. It's all real time. Uh, but we're, you know, we're fortunate enough that we have a tremendous crew at TSN and, and they're pretty quick getting us replays just for the general public's sake, but also for ours. So yeah, as soon as, you know, we knew something was up there, we knew that it was, uh, some kind of an odd bounce and then you know right away as soon as that replay hits and it's like oh man i can't believe like it almost because he, he had the stick moving too and it's like if it didn't hit his skate it was going to hit his stick and it's just like how does that happen and, and it's the game winner uh, so yeah we found out seconds later exactly how you know unfortunate unlucky use your own description it was and then by that time it's like okay uh, we'll see what they have left uh, in the dying moments well, you had time to look at the monitor. My remote was already through mine, so I didn't, uh, I didn't get to see that one. Four unanswered goals, and that's kind of been the story of the trip, right? In Vegas, they give up a handful of unanswered goals, and uh, they can't fight back. I, I think this stat kind of shocked me, and I want to get your take not only on this stat, but just kind of your impression of this team as you've now been covering them for five consecutive games. And that's the fact that against the starting goalie, of their opponent over the last three games, the senators have scored six goals on 11 shots and then nothing else. Like, is that something that like, are you noticing a, a momentum shift when the other teams go? I know two have been because of injury and then performance in Arizona, or is that just one of those where it's an inexplicable stat? Boy, you know, Ross, there's been a lot of quirky things on this road trip. <laughs> you, you asked about kind of the busyness of it. And yeah, it's been packed with, you know, almost any time you turn around, there's something going on, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously the most notable, the coaching change or the, the, the type of play or where things appear. And um, strange to see two goaltenders use three games in a row. Like, I can't remember yeah. the last time that's happened uh, that I've been a part of. So it, there has been a lot of uh, out of the ordinary on this road trip so far. Um, I would say less about the goalies for me and more about how things have gone within a game for the Ottawa Senators. And if you look back, they did have some good starts guys. And I think, you know, that's kind of where uh, that early game success uh, has, has been found. And, and it, it was that way, as you mentioned in Arizona against Connor Ingram scoring the three quick first period goals, they looked like world beaters. The difference in Arizona I thought was that there wasn't as much of a letdown in the second where, you go back three games or even four, and that second period has been a disaster. It's been a collapse, and it's kind of set the stage then for chasing the game, and, and obviously we've seen that hasn't been productive. I thought they actually avoided that for the most part, even though they give up one goal in the second period in Arizona. I thought it was still fairly tidy compared to the other four games that came before it. But then the third period comes, and uh, you know there's the bad goal against Corpus Allo who had a, a pretty good – 40 minutes, you know, really good 40 minutes. I thought uh, yeah. he was playing on his way to one of his best games. And and then there's some breakdowns, and then it finishes with that fluky goal against off the, the skate of Travis Hamannick that we were just talking about. So, you know, there it's it's uh, one of the things that Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson 
guys talked about right away, and it's avoiding those those breakdowns that turn into uh, consecutive goals against, and trying to find a way to uh, you know hone in on that play, manage the game better. You you guys have heard that come out tons of times, as have we. And you know the third period is an example of those details trying to clean those up so that hey you give up one you know what maybe that's a tighter one goal hockey game you got to find a way to close that out and and not only get two points but um you know not give up the two goals to then go on and not even skate away with one point yeah we would have been happy with one point abs let me tell you that that would have been just (laughs) fine for us i feel you pilsy it's (sighs) I give I give a lot of credits and appreciate everyone that's been able to to stay up and follow along here as they go from uh, you know Eastern time zone in Ottawa to the Central for a couple out to the Pacific, staying up late again in Arizona and and uh, you know kind of feeling like that's probably a win until very late in the third period and then uh, you turn off the TV and no one wants to be angry going to bed but I'm sure there's lots of people that either were uh, ticked off going to hitting the pillow or waking up and you know, throwing the remote through the TV as you were talking about, Ross. So uh, yeah. it's it's too bad because the I think everyone expected that the way that game started and, and kind of following the trend in the NHL with the, the new coach bump that, you know, that was going to be their break in the chain to stop, put a put a plug in, in the losing, and it just wasn't meant to be. And, uh, John, I want to pull up here because I'm a big verbal meme guy. Like, this is Senators fans right now. Here is uh, he's thinking about other women, and then it's, no, why can't the Ottawa Senators stop the bleeding when things don't go their way in a game? That's where I'm at right now, Abs. But also, I'm at the point now where I'm looking ahead, and I don't know if you've turned the page yet because I know it's a day-by-day thing for what you do and being dialed in to the team. Well, first off, I'd like to take responsibility Yesterday when we were going over the Arizona Coyotes lineup, I had first and last names ready, even a tidbit with a few guys. I got to Kesselring, didn't even know his first name, didn't even know who he was. He existed. (laughs) He scores the game-winning goal. Of course he did. But have you seen Devin Taves' comments after last night's game? Yeah, I'm on on the Colorado, so you can quiz me on them. Uh, It's not going to get any easier. You're right. You know, it can go two ways. Either that can be – uh, that could be self-imploding within the dressing room because you have one of your, your guys on the blue line that's now calling out his teammates. How does that sit? Uh, is that going to be you know self-destructive? Is that going to be uh, something that, that doesn't work for the team? Or because they've won together, because they have the championship pedigree, you know, not everybody on that roster, I suppose, but is, is that sort of a wake, wake up, it needed to be said, galvanizing type of moment? And for a team in Colorado, you look at their record, you know, coming in, guys, to the month of December, they had six losses in regulation in total through the first two months. Yesterday, or excuse me, the, the game against Chicago, that was their fifth loss of December. Yeah. So that's rarefied air for them. They're not used to having that many L's in a month, let alone over a couple of months. So uh, it's it's interesting to see what the boiling point is for teams that are used to success. And, uh, you know, it all boiled over against Chicago – um, and, and I think, you know, much like previous games on this road trip, okay, St. Louis Blues, first game of Drew Bannister, they're on their toes, right? They're ready. That's a, that's a group that was ticked off, new coach, they're ready to go. Dallas Stars, uh, they, had a, they had a couple of days to get over um, what was, you know, not their most fun game, but they, had, they were able to prepare, and they knew that Ottawa was coming in back-to-back. They're on their toes, 
Yep. Uh, you, you get to Carolina before that, they had lost four straight. But they're going to be on their toes. So, you know, it's been played out already previously in this road trip for Ottawa to be ready for the opponent. I thought last night was their best start. Um, and in Dallas, actually, those would be the two better ones to start a hockey game. But it's going to be the same in Colorado. And just for completeness sake, if anyone have, hasn't heard Devin Taves, Stanley Cup champion with the Colorado Avalanche, after last night's loss to the Chicago Blackhawks, he says, quote, I think we've got some guys who think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's frustrating to no play when you have guys who think they're playing well, and you know they have no idea what play they're about to make. So this is kind of the standard that a Stanley Cup team with injuries, his, his partner, Kale McCarr, hasn't played the last couple of games, but they're holding themselves to that high of a standard, whereas what we're used to hearing after the games, and you've been in the scrums, we didn't get the bounces tonight. They didn't go our way. We maybe weren't ready to start on time. So hopefully Jacques Martin and the structure he can bring in will uh, will help alleviate some of that. Pilsy, you got something? Hope you're enjoying our conversation with John Abbott. We'll get right back to it. But first, a word from our friends with the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yes, FanDuel is the official sportsbook app of the Locked On Podcast Network and for a good reason. It's North America's number one sports book. Why would you go anywhere else? And right now, new customers in the U.S. can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that wins. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is easy to use. There's a reason they're number one in North America. It's the best app out there. You'll always go back to FanDuel. I love it. If a simple guy like me can use it, you can use it as well. And there's a wide range of betting options. You got spreads, player props, over-unders, and more parlays, anyone? Huh? Huh? And it's not just hockey. You can bet on football, basketball, college football, whatever you're into. You can find it on the FanDuel app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get into the action today. Guys, it's FanDuel official partner of the NFL. And today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Go visit the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. When you go, let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Now, the Glebe Central Pub, it's just an awesome neighborhood pub from Dartboard, where it's always a blast. They're even doing a dart tournament at the end of January. You can go sign up for that at glebecentralpub.com. And also, while you're on the website, make sure you check out the Send Shuttle Bus. They've got the schedule that is going to the CTC an hour and 15 minutes before every Sens game, and they come right back to the Glebe Central Pub afterwards. That's for $17. Great, great deal. Round-trip cost to and from the CTC. So make sure you go check them out. They've got a bus running on Saturday when the Sens host the Pittsburgh Penguins. They also have plenty to learn on their Instagram at the Glebe Central Pub. So with the Glebe Central Pub, you always know you're going to be around good people, you're going to eat good food, and you're going to have a good time. Isn't that what going to a pub's all about? Go check them out, 779 Bank Street. And when you do, let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Yeah, I, w- I want to get uh, your opinion, Abs, especially you're around this team a lot, especially on a road trip. So this is a bit of a two-parter question. First, did you have the feeling that getting on the road was going to galvanize this group, bring guys together and, and really change things. Like did, did it feel after that loss uh, at home against the Carolina hurricanes that, okay, we're going to get on the road. We're going South. We'll get some sunshine. We'll we're going up against Western teams. Like this is going to provide some sort of change, some sort of spark. Uh, I did believe that um, mostly because I think 
sometimes uh, it, it lets you focus and own in on things a little bit easier at times when you have some of the other distractions left behind. Um, and, and when you come into a, a road situation where it's a back-to-back and it's you know a little bit more difficult travel, you recognize the situation in St. Louis and in Dallas, uh, you know, it, it allows you to, to focus on those two teams and, and, re- and try to be prepared. So I did think, um, and, and, you know, the team ended up at Kachuk's family home to have a good family, uh, to have a good team dinner before. So you start believing that, okay, this is the beginning of the process going to turn the tide and they're going to be able to right the ship a little bit um, away from home. And it just, unfortunately, the Ottawa centers was further examples of, uh, you know, being incapable in games and, and letting, uh, you know, shifts in games, bring them down and sink them. And, uh, you know, eventually it wasn't because of the losing that DJ Smith on this road trip was fired, but kind of cumulative where even Steve Seos alluded to this, you know, it was more of the same type of thing that was costing them hockey games coming back into light. And then that ultimately led to the decision that DJ Smith was was going to be removed. So, yeah, if you asked me at the beginning, I thought, okay, this is going to be a good chance for them to try to, to come together and, and uh, maybe build some traction. But yeah. it hasn't happened that way, clearly. We were all hoping that as well. Now, part two of this is, okay, that's the road trip. You're getting on the road. Hopefully that changes. Boom. Another massive change. DJ Smith, Davis Payne are, are dismissed, and Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson are brought in in an interim basis as coaches. Did you feel a shift in kind of the aura and the energy of this team once that happens, like ar- around the rink yesterday before the game, um, you know, talking to the players in the dressing room? Like, could you feel that there was a an actual change or is it too soon for that to kind of materialize and it just kind of seemed like business as usual here? Well, I'll try, I'll try my best to put everything, everything in perspective that I was, um, you know, taking in. In, a, in an auxiliary basis without being in the, in the actual room, obviously. Uh, you know, one thing uh, I realize there's different opinions on DJ Smith, and um, sometimes it's hard for, for uh, the fan base to separate person from coach, and uh, they don't necessarily have to do that because, uh, you know, as far as the fans are concerned, they're paying good money. They, they want to see results, and they're tired of, you know, missing the playoffs for six straight years. So uh, that is – kind of the, the, the first focal point. I get that. And, uh, you know, let's face it, this year the results haven't been good enough. So I understand that perspective from seeing DJ re, uh, relate to uh, the players in that room, from my experiences with him, he's a great person and I think did do some good things along the way, taking this team to a growth point. The way I saw it is that it, it was kind of the evolution of where the Sens needed to go. And it did feel like, they needed someone else to kind of pick up the torch and carry them into the next stage where now uh, they, they need to be a legit contender each and every year. Um, and, and, you know, that probably was part of the change as well. So you think of this younger group and some of the core players that are everybody's fan favorite players, and the only coach they've known is DJ Smith. So it was a highly emotional uh, response on the day of. Only time that I've, I've experienced a few coach firings um, through the years covering this, this game with different teams. This is the first one I can remember where the coach that was let go stayed in the city that he was fired yeah, in. Hung around, yeah. And then left the next day after 
you know, kind of not inviting the team, but the team knowing where he is and all the players taking a chance to go and, and wish him the best and say thank you and, and kind of having a couple of moments before they completely turn the page. So that was that kind of speaks for itself for me to tell you how much he was loved within that room. And so they have to park that. But I think I think the players knew it was coming. DJ Smith knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. And so it actually provided a little bit of closure, I think, for guys to be able to finish their time with DJ that night, turn the page to the next morning, get to the rink, get to the morning skate, and realize that now, you know, the answers are in the room here. There's no other place to turn. So, yes, I thought there was a, a palpable shift. I thought there was a renewed focus, um, you know, not just creating buzzwords and buying into what the coaching staff was saying, but, I, you know, I did get that sense that everybody was ready to pay attention and kind of kick it into an extra notch, realizing the importance of this for their season. And it looked like it through two periods. And then the third period was just uh, – you know, much of the same type of uh, result creeping in, which is unfortunate because it, it is a reminder that this is going to take some time. Yeah, you're right about that one, John. And uh, Sam Bowlby wrote in to us last night. I felt bad reading this one, man. He ran into DJ Smith at Pearson Airport last night, and he was watching the game on his iPad. So clearly, you know, you, you can be a taken away from the team but that's all he's known over the last five years kind of sad you know seeing that he's still there what was the name of the the bar that they were at because we keep hearing this mysterious bar across the street i need a name yeah you know what i wasn't i i wish i had a chance to to go up to dj and, and uh, davis Payne and give them uh, my best as well it didn't happen based on our timing uh coming into the city and kind of our responsibilities when all that news went down um so i wasn't i wasn't able to, to catch up with them so I'm not sure exactly where they are at, but uh, you know, it's it's a we're on the grounds of ASU. Um, it, You're supposed it, it to be our a, insider, John. Yeah, yeah, no, you'll have to <laughs> you have to call Dregs or Bruce Garriock on that one, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know exactly where they were, but I, I don't think they're too far from where the team hotel is. Um, you know, it's not just university kids around here. This is Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, There's lots of people that live here, but it's not really it's not really that big. There's not that that many places that you can wander to it's kind of like a, a university strip if you will so uh it was somewhere close by i think uh you know it was pro i'm guessing it was one of those things where you take your time to go see him and then you probably move on and uh have a have a dinner uh, with your teammates so um, i thought it was classy of the the staff to go and uh, give him a send-off and you know what i think dj smith is going to work again in this league yep. i don't know if it'll be in a head coaching position i i from my perspective, sometimes, yeah, just let's use Jamie McClellan, my, my buddy and my partner on the My, my final question for you next is about yeah. Noodle. So I oh, like okay. To, well, this is kind of leading into it. If you, if you ask him when he came into the National Hockey League, did he want to be a starting goalie? Of course he did. That's why everybody plays. You want to be a starting goalie. And he had great success early on in his career with the New York Islanders. But what did he recognize? Eventually recognized his role is going to be a solid backup He's going to work his butt off to make sure he stays in the league and be a reliable, solid goaltender, which he was, and a great teammate. And that became his role. And he'll tell you that, too. Like, he knew this going through his career that that's what he was. It's a strange way to relate it to DJ Smith, but I'm saying all this in the sense of I think DJ's strengths are maybe better served as an assistant coach than a head coach. Like, I think he's a guy that works well with the players in the room. I think he can build them up, identify different things in a complementary uh, perspective, 
and yet maybe you need a, a different type of voice or structure coming from the top. So I think he comes back to the National Hockey League. I think he's got enough friends within the league. I think it's probably as an assistant, um, and maybe that's the role that's best suited for him. So final question from me, Abs, and we do want to say as well, as, as if it wasn't already applied, you're unreal at what you do. We love when we find oh. out that it's a John oh, yeah. Abbott called game. We yes. even got that Timmy superstar last year. Hasn't been as many opportunities to do it this year. I'm convinced he's playing hurt. I don't need you to comment on that. But um, I talk about Timmy, but ask the question first. Does, does he not? Does he not look like he's a little laboring sometimes on the ice this year? I think there's lots going on. Um, I would agree that he doesn't look 100%. Uh, we don't have any kind of confirmation on that. He obviously he hasn't missed the game. Uh, but you're right, there are times where he doesn't look 100%. So I'm reading the same body language that you are. And he can't so shoot the puck. He's yeah, you appreciate the competitor that he is. You know, yeah. if he is playing banged up. I would also say, I think, again, my outside opinion is that there's lots going on between the ears there. Like, he, he was Timmy Superstar last year. And so now this year he's oh, got yeah. that reputation. He is the he's the guy that this team is looking to go to in those situations like the end of last night. And, you know, I appreciate what Tim's been able to do this season, even though he's like he's he's having a, a good productive year, even though I think there's a lot more to give, if that makes any sense. You know, I don't yeah. think he's reached his level of effectiveness yet uh, all in this season, which is strange because of what we saw him do last year. But. Man, there's two moments that stand out to me from last night's game. And, he had, again, he was one of the guys that had such a, a great play through two periods. Then he's on the ice at the end of the game. And the, the, the net's empty. They're looking to, to find a goal. And sometimes it's just a simple play that you need. You know, whether it's a puck movement for a shot with traffic in front, like get that puck to the net. And, you know, you, you don't knock a guy for his creativity or his high-end skill set. Tim, Tim uh, Stutzel has that in – you know, waves. He, he's such an uber talented guy, but he tries the little pull up, loses the puck a couple of times. And, and uh, I couldn't help think to myself in those moments that, uh, you know, sometimes a simple play is the one that's, that's going to get it done. And so I think he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. I think he's realizing now that there is a lot of pressure being the go-to guy in this hockey team on a nightly basis. And you know, that's a lot for a young guy to try and work in and navigate. And, and I don't know that we've seen peak Stutzla with all of that responsibility yet. And, and uh, that's probably part of the, the growing process for him. And follow up on that, maybe it's something that you could find out for us, but we also had our friend Ethan write in last night saying that he didn't see a single iPad on the bench. Now, is that a mullet arena thing or is that an Ottawa senators? I would imagine they bring their own iPads to the bench where Jacques Marte saying no, because every time you guys on TSN panned over to the bench, it was Alfie talking to players. It was Jacques having a quick word yeah. with players. I wonder if it was something like, let's take away the distractions, almost like, you know, the, the kid at the end of the night, like, hey, you've reached your screen time. Like, let's yeah. actually focus on things that matter. But uh, maybe that's something that uh, we could put you on a mission for to find out if iPads have been banned from the Senator's bench because Timmy, among others, Norris is very notorious for using them as well after every single shift. So I'm curious about that one. Hey, I'll put it on the list. That's no problem. I'll I, I can't get you the name of the bar, apparently, but I'll get you the uh, the iPad uh, question solved. I'll, I'll crack the ca the iPad case on that one. Uh, yeah, it. I didn't notice. You well, know, you I got a lot going on, John. Well, I, I noticed a lot of huddling, and, and you're right. We saw a lot of communication, so yep. that's a great point. You know, you're bang on with that, and I, I enjoyed that. Like Alf, Alf, watching Alfie on the bench was, you know, first with of Casty. All, like, wow, hey, is he really there? Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's awesome. And then. 
he was on it the whole night. If you watch, if you watch Crookshank's goal, and then I think we had a pan to the bench, and the first thing I noticed is Alfredson yelling at everybody, first NHL goal. That's what it looked <laughs> like to me. So there's a guy that knows right away what's going on, and it was more of that that we, we spotlighted a Castlick shift where he didn't finish a check, came back, and Alfredson's yep. talking to him, kind of like, you know, snapping him up a little bit, like, hey, this is how you got to play. And uh, so I lo- I really enjoyed those lines of communications. And, uh, you know, I think it's an adjustment for the players probably to get used to that. That's going to take some time as well. Um, so we'll see if that's more of a, a usual thing in Colorado and, and guys can kind of, you know, make it work for them. But I'll, 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 take, a, I'll take notes on, uh, on the iPads on the bench. We'll see if we can crack that one. All right, iPad gate officially started here. We'll be watching out for that. Um, the final question for me, Abs, and again, this is a blast uh, to get to talk to you, especially someone that's traveling with the team. So we love your insight here. Uh, Ross and I talked about this in an episode previously, and we've had a lot of people chime in. So I want to get your opinion on this for my final question. Which player individually do you think is going to be impacted the most by this coaching change? That's a really good question. Uh, Ross Pilsey and, and otherwise. Um, we, I stole we that question our, from Ross. Well, hey, we uh, we we save our best questions for last, Abs. That was fan- yes. that's a fantastic question. Thank you. Oh man, I you know what I I might point back to I, I might point back to Tim Stutzel to be honest with you. At, at that was this the majority moment, of answers. Yep. Yeah, and it's not because I think he's the only one that. Um, is going to be under the microscope. I think everybody is, and there's going to be subtleties with some players, um, even some of the veterans. You know, they're probably going to realize uh, a few different ways to do things or positionally how this coach wants them to, to play. Um, so, yeah, I guess, too, if I had to add a defenseman, I would say Sanderson, uh, but my my top of the line answer would be Stutzler, just because I think he is the weapon that they're going to go to. Like, this is the guy that is going to eventually uh, – be that player that changes hockey games at any point that goes out there and has the bulk of the shifts, the bulk of the ice time. And he was, he was basically that guy in Arizona, you know, nobody had more minutes up front than him. Only Claude Giroux and Josh Norris had a few more shifts, but you know, basically Tim Stutzel is that guy. So uh, as you work with that amazing talent and the incredible gifts that he has as a hockey player to then, you know, maybe allow him to work at both ends of the ice better and and improve even on face-offs and those types of things, I think he, he's probably going to be the one that's most affected. In a all, I, all I heard was incredible talent, and it made me remember my final, final question. You've been with Noodles this whole trip. I mean, he's the mayor of St. Louis, former Blue. Yep. Then you go to <laughs> Dallas, Vegas, Arizona, and now you're going to Colorado – I get the sense that Noodles is a bag chucker. He doesn't sit in the hotel room all night. He throws his bag in there, and he's out doing his thing. Any uh, any notable Noodles stories we got to get to the bottom of? Because I saw he was in the back seat of a, a car without a driver at one point. Like, this guy, never a dull moment in that guy's life. No, and I love Noodles. He's such a great teammate, uh, great broadcast partner, uh, you know, great friend. Uh, I just uh, so thankful that uh, – that we get to enjoy him on sends on TSN as well. And the one thing you find out is that like, as I was saying before, that great teammate thing that transfers beyond the game outside of his playing days. And he's a great teammate for us, which thankfully is the case. Selfishly, we get to work with him as much as we do um, as a group on TSN. 
but you run into yeah you're right you go into st louis all of a sudden well chris pronger's in the booth <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's his buddy from st louis and uh you know you you learn so much from jamie because he's so well connected he watches hockey games um every single night uh, so it's a bit of a mix of yeah you, you know he has friends in every city he's going to be able to connect with um and it, it only helps our broadcast that way as well but he, he's a student in the game like he just loves he you will watch even last night so he has his phone connected to uh, a hockey game he's got another ipad with a game going on um that he can watch during the intermission so he doesn't miss a beat you know he's got a, a firm grip on the the national hockey league so he can be ready for any line of questioning so uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. The the self driving car, I give him credit because I wouldn't have hopped in that thing. <laughs> was, I'm uh, not getting I've in there either. Passed me on the road in Arizona a few times, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I would not trust that thing. But uh, he he had fun with it as he always does. Another uh, great uh, part of what Jamie brings is always having a uh, a, a positive uh, vibe and, and a funny outlook, and uh, you know, fun loving guy. So. Yeah, we love him. He's our noodles, and uh, we're thankful that we get a good string with him here, and we'll finish in Colorado as well. Well, we're looking forward to it, John. Enjoy the flight, safe travels, and uh, we're always looking forward, like I mentioned, to having you not only on the broadcast but on the show with us. Keep up the great work, man, and we'll do this again down the road. Right back at you, boys. I appreciate what you two do each and every day, and then even the emergency cases when there's uh, uh, (laughs) pertinent things like a coach change to talk about, so uh, you're – you're great. You're a great outlet for so many, um, especially in the course of a season that's kind of had its ups and downs. And guys, my pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Stick taps to our guy, John Abbott, for joining us. Really fun conversation. And Pilsy, I wasn't even just gassing him up when I said he's one of our favorites. Like the flow he has, he's got the voice. He's going to be a guy we're listening to call send games for a long, long time. I sure hope so, Ross, and especially uh, the duo of him and Noodles are, uh, it's, it's classic. You, I I feel like I speak for every Sens fan. When you find out it's, first off, a TSN broadcast, you're like, yep, nice, love that. And then when it's abs and Noodles on the call, that's a double bonus. So yeah, we love having abs on the show and uh, a part of the Sens community. And people in the Ottawa community might remember when Abs was calling games for the Ottawa 67s back in 2007 to 2011, like that Logan Couture era, Tyler Toffoli of the Ottawa 67. So uh, really cool to see the growth in his career as well. All right, busy show today. We'll have more tomorrow with a game day. Senators in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. But do you have any final thoughts on today's show? Final thoughts for me is, look, Last game was oh so close, but ultimately a complete collapse. It deteriorated into a debacle. Let's uh, let's not panic too quickly here. I know it's hard not to. I've been holding off on the panic button. It's not easy, let me tell you that. But you got you got to give this uh, new coaching staff, or at least uh, Jacques Martin and Danny Alfredson, a little bit of time to integrate what they want to change into this team. So. I don't think we can fully make full judgments right away. It's going to take some time. Hopefully, Colorado, you see, you know, one step closer in the right direction here. Well, for more, you can head over to Twitter at Send Central. Until then, have a great day, and thanks for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.